This is Channel 253. In this episode of Citizen Tacoma. There's a lot of different ways to measure safety. And, and there's um, and for some people, an officer with a weapon makes them feel safe. But we know we've heard loud and clear this year that for many in our community and for in, in, in the black community uh, and in other communities of color, the indigenous community, that's not the case. Did you know Channel 253 is member-supported? I'm producer Doug Mackey, and I hope you will show your support by going to channel253.com membership and join. Thank you. Citizen Tacoma My heart beats true blue Citizen Tacoma I'll always vote for you Welcome back to another episode of Citizen Tacoma. I'm your host, Eric Hanberg, and today's guest is Bill Hanawalt, who is running for uh, Tacoma School Board, and he talks about uh, his background, uh, the school district's response during the pandemic, leadership changes, a vision. Uh, we cover the whole gamut, so uh, stick around for our interview. Welcome to uh, Citizen Tacoma. I am here with candidate uh, for Tacoma Public School Director, uh, Bill Hanawalt, welcome to the podcast, Bill. Thank you. It's good to be with you. So uh, I'm gl- I'm glad to have you here, and I want to just start with a very simple question: Why are you running for school board? Yeah, um, you know, school board is honestly something I've I've dreamed about doing for and, and running for um, for probably ten plus years, um, and it just hasn't ever really worked out for whether professionally or family, uh, for me to run. Um, and now seem like the time to, to jump in. And uh, I'm running because I'm passionate about public education. Um, actually, my, my great-grandfather spent his entire career in Puyallup School District, ending as a superintendent there. Um, my grandfather spent his entire career in Seattle Public Schools, uh, including being Principal Garfield High School, and um, actually uh, writing the only non-court-ordered uh, policy to integrate public schools through busing in the country. Wow. Uh, wrote that, um, and then my my stepmom, my mom uh, has was an elementary school educator her entire career, and and my wife is is a teacher here in Tacoma. Uh, so it just. Uh, and, and I'm a public school kid. I'm a product. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just passionate about public schools. I love Tacoma. Um, and I have spent my entire career uh, here um, not working within the field of public education, but working in nonprofits that support uh, public education. So I spent uh, 15 years as the founding executive director at Peace Community Center. Oh, cool. Uh, where we... Um, Supported students from the Hilltop neighborhood uh, with in-school, after-school, and summer uh, academic and holistic uh, programming. Um, you know, walking with them and their families to to navigate our public schools. Uh, so, got to see um, teachers and schools. <coughs> so, um, you know, got to walk with students and families, and and just really saw um, both. Um, how public schools could really just 
help a young person reach goals and, and really move forward and, and saw systemic obstacles that, that students and families faced. Um, and so uh, I'm, I'm running to, to have an impact, to bring the deep experience I have uh, with students and families and partnering uh, practically uh, with our public schools, with Stanley and McCarver Elementary School, Jason Lee Middle School, and a number of high schools um, to bear. Um, yeah, so that, that's that's why I'm running. Thank you. Do you have Do you have kids in the district? Yeah, I've, I have um, uh, two two children uh, uh, who attend elementary school, and middle school here in Tacoma. Um, yeah, I have I have two in in grade school right now. So yeah. yeah. Uh, as a parent or as a uh, someone with an education background or however you want to answer this, what's your assessment of how Tacoma Public Schools navigated the pandemic? Yeah, so I, I think, I mean, the first thing I would just say is uh, the pandemic left our public elected officials with, like, they're just choosing between bad options, right? It was like, how could you do the best in bad um, bad situation. So um, I commend the incredible effort and energy um, that our school district, our board of directors, our administrators, and our teachers um, got to see that firsthand with my wife uh, um, navigating that um, put in. Um, I think that, uh, you know, at the end of last school year, uh, did kind of the best we could given the circumstances. Um, I think put in a, a strong plan for uh, virtual learning, imperfect for sure, um, hard for families, um, but I, I think, uh, you know, represent a lot of work. Um, going back to hybrid, I, I think uh, it, was an e it was an easier situation for elementary schools where it was easier to Elementary schools are naturally cohorted by class. Um, and, mm, that's interesting. And so when we went back to hybrid at middle school and high school, I think we needed to do a better job of thinking through the ramifications of schools where students are taking multiple classes and they're changing who their peers are. And so the, um, the risk for spread is, was much greater and more difficult to mitigate, I think, at the middle school and high school level and had more implications for families and for teachers. Um, and so um, I, th I think we could have done a better job there um, with the reality that the incredibly difficult situation. Yeah. I would also just share that I think the pandemic, um, it has brought an opportunity maybe to rethink public education in new ways. Um, uh, some districts had already had one-to-one -one technology to students. Um, we did not. Uh, and, um, you know, my wife who teaches in the public schools never could assume that her students had access, you know, she's an English teacher, to write a paper on a computer. She had students writing papers uh, using voice memo on their phones wow. or different things like that. And so I think um, um, imagining what that means for our students um, and for our teachers, what it means around mitigating learning loss, uh, 
when students have to miss because a sibling is sick or um, uh, th there's just a lot of opportunities. Um, and, um, you know, the and, and there's, you know, there's 70 million dollars of funding that's coming from uh, COVID relief, um, ESSER funding. Uh, they, uh, it's the third installment here um, and is uh, has to be spent by 2024. And I think there's a, you know, that's a that's a huge amount of money. And, and um, I think it's really critical that we use that to engage students and families in understanding what's working for them, what's not working for them. Um, uh, and 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 I think we have an opportunity to to kind of reimagine what what public education can look like. I don't have all the answers for that, but I think we can listen and we can find those out together as a community. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, you said that uh, your spouse is a teacher, and I know that one of the there were a lot of teachers upset with going, you know. The, the school district's decision to go back to school before teachers were vaccinated. Um, and I'm curious if you just have any thoughts on that and uh, and how that, that went out. Because it, there, there's often this, uh, maybe you could call it at the very least, sometimes a healthy tension, sometimes an unhealthy tension uh, between leadership and, and teachers. And we saw it in that place. And so maybe we could talk about that individually and then just how you see the relationship between teachers and leadership. Yeah, so... Again, I think this was one of those situations where you had, you know, you weren't choosing between a good and a bad solution or, um, I mean, it, these were, it, it was a challenging decision to be made. I mean, the reality was and is that the pandemic, you know, is impacting students and families in, in a variety of ways. Um, and some students and families were like, absolutely at wit's end and needed schools to reopen as soon as possible. And then you had other families, um, like we heard from students from Foss High School at a board meeting, that are living in multi-generational households and were very nervous about going back to school and what that could mean for their, hmm. um, you know, their grandparents at home right. or different things like that. So, um, I, I, you know, not not an easy decision. What I do think needed to happen was more engagement of teachers, more conversation um, and, and listening and um, finding, uh, finding ways to move forward uh, that it, where you more fully heard um, the, the challenges that students and families faced and teachers faced as well. Um, and, you know, I, I guess it's it's easy to say now, like, right? Sure, it's sure, really sure. easy to look back and say, like, well, we should have just waited a month and then vaccines would have been fully available and, and, and all of that. Um, and and uh, but I mean, I, I think it's really hard to, to go back and say, well, you should have known, um, you know. That the and Biden I, administration would actually be good at their job, and <laughs> yeah, and 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 also, uh, you know, and 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 frankly, I'm sure that I have to assume that the administration of the school district was putting significant, was having significant conversations, um, and school districts across the state with the governor around pushing to have teachers um, 
have vaccines available to them as soon as possible. Um, so uh, I think it was I think it was a, a difficult decision. Um, I think we could have done a better job listening to teachers and families. And I think um, given the complexity, you know, I, I, you know, I think it'd be really hard to like wag your finger, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I appreciate that. Um, where do you where would you like to see Tacoma Public Schools go? Like if you could map out a you know, vision for for a few years down the road, where should we be focused as an organization, um, as a community around education? What, what would you want to see happen? Yeah, no, I appreciate that question. Um, you know, at, at, as a candidate for school board, um, I have like three kind of focus areas. Um, and, and the first, which I've shared earlier, is just I think we need to really center education around students and families. And I think, um, I believe, at the end of the day, like, parents – are the first teachers of their kids. They know their kids better than any school district administrator can know them. And I think parents need to be partnered with in a way that says, help me know your kid, help me value your kid, help me understand how your kid learns. Um, and that parents and students, when they when they show up to school, need to know that the school's absolutely value them both as as simply as a human being and as a learner and i think um that 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 that's just not the experience of all families and parents i know that from my time at peace community center um and i and i think what's critical is we need to measure that um uh, we need to ask parents and students what is their experience at their schools and um, are they experiencing um, – are they, they receiving the support and value they need to fully show up? At, you know, And building that – I think the foundation of any good organization is strong climate and culture um, and that holds whatever the mission is and, and in this case, that's teaching and learning. Um, and so I think – I would love to see us build stronger engagement of families. I think Tacoma Public Schools has done a really strong job of building partnerships with organizations and institutions. Um, but I think we could and, – and we've put resources there. And, and I think we need to do a better job with, with the, the family engagement and we need to put financial resources there as well. Um, I think the second thing that I would love us – to do as a district is to better understand, um, you know, we're, we've celebrated a lot um, our graduation rates. Um, we've seen those go up uh, significantly. That represents a lot of hard work. Um, one is I think we need to understand um, that graduation rate better. Uh, OSPI uh, changed the way graduation rates are measured about, I don't I think six, seven years ago. Um, and so we need to understand who's being counted in that graduation rate and who's not being counted um, because in that new way of counting, uh, students who uh, moved their senior year into a approved alternative um, school don't have to be counted towards your graduation rate. So who are those students? Who's not being counted? Uh, why are they moving? Um, 
Is it because it's the best thing for that student uh, and their education? Is this like the the Willie Stewart Academy where they're trying to like like get kids back, even just back into the system? Is that what you're talking about? Or are you talking about alternative schools like uh, um, Soda or something like no, that? No, not not like Soda and Sammy. And and honestly, I I believe um, like. TCC's Fresh Start is one of them, I believe. Okay. Um, I don't believe – I'm not sure if Willie Stewart Academy is. Um, uh, but students who enroll in these are, are not counted. And so we also just need to understand, like, are, are, are we moving students into these schools because we want a higher graduation rate? Or are we moving them into these schools because it's what's best for these individual students? So that's one aspect. Um the, the second aspect is I, I really want us to measure how are students doing in that next step after high school graduation. I think we all understand uh, that a high school diploma is incredibly important. It's certainly a milestone, and it's not enough. And so how, um, how are our students doing, whether they're going off to four-year, two-year college or a technical school or an apprenticeship or, or working on um, a certification uh, is our high school diploma preparing students for that next step or, or uh, entry into the military? How are our students doing? And, and measuring that and, and understanding um, is our diploma preparing students for, um, for what comes next? I think it's just critical. Yeah. Um, so th- those are and, – and then I, I think um, within – Within all of that and within the board, I think for where we're going, I, I think um, just just a greater transparency. Um, and right now, I think we have a lot, uh, a number of board members who are kind of uh, early, you know, we don't have a ton of experience. We're losing our most experienced board member in Andrea Cobb, who served for six years. Um and so I, I just think it's really important that robust conversations happen in board meetings, um, that um, we're not relying on individual conversations with the superintendent or, or, or more uh, executive sessions, but that we have a more robust and transparent conversation in, in the, the general school board meetings so that the community knows um, what, where things are going and, and what are the different um, – uh, perspectives that are being considered and, and understanding that um, and, and seeing the thoughtfulness uh, in which the board and the district are making uh, decisions. Was there a particular decision or anything like that that you think uh, needed more or was, I, I don't know if made behind closed doors is the way to say it or just needed to be more made more in public? Because I, I, I can't tell if you're thinking of something in particular or just thinking well, more generally. I, I, I really, I, you know, I think in general, I think that that is important. Um, and uh, <laughs> I, I do think um, the speed at which uh, the superintendent transition happened is a good example. There is no um, – it's probably the most important function of a board is the hiring and the relationship between the board and um, the top staff member, yeah. uh, in this case, the superintendent, um, and that that Dr. Santorno publicly announced um, her retirement, and 10 days later, we have a new superintendent. Um, I, 
like that just felt like fast forward okay. and it felt um and that that's not to take away anything from Dr. Garcia um I I've worked with him over the years and he very well could be and the right person for that job, right? I mean, there's all sorts of data about um, hiring from within and the positives of that. I do think a false dichotomy, though, was presented that either you go very quickly and you, within 10 days, hire your next superintendent, or you jump in and you do a nationwide search and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on that. Uh, again, I think this was an opportunity Um you know, we had a strike about three years ago. Yep. We've just gone through um, uh, and are continuing to go through a pandemic. I think it was a great opportunity to listen to the community, to listen to students and families, to engage um, our district staff uh, and hear what what's working, what's not, to hear from Dr. Garcia, um, what is his vision for the district and um, how does that align uh, with where we are right now um, uh, and and how might he put his own um, fingerprints on it uh, more. Um, so I, I just think there was a middle ground to be had. Okay. Um, I, I definitely think uh, I, I respect – I. I just deeply respect the work that both uh, Dr. Santorno and Dr. Garcia uh, have done in this district, and and I think he can be an excellent superintendent. I actually think he would be better set up for success if we would have had a little bit more robust conversation Got before. Um, they're now – Dr. Santorno and Dr. Garcia are doing like a listening session. I think – it's hard to listen. I mean, it's just it's it, the authenticity in which you are able to do listening after the fact versus like actually in the midst, I think is just different. I think people show up differently. I think people will share differently. So Okay. Thank you. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, there's still plenty more to talk about. All so right. stick around. Thank you. Hello, friends. This is Marguerite Martin, creator of MoveToTacoma.com and co-founder of Channel 253. It's bad out there, folks. Home prices in Pierce County are up 15% year over year. While it's no secret that the market is hot, you may not know that Tacoma has been the hottest housing market in the country for several years. There is an extreme shortage of homes for buyers to buy. Having a local Tacoma buyer's agent that specializes in the neighborhood and price range you're after can mean the difference between losing or winning the bid on your dream home. If you're looking to sell your current home and find something that meets your needs better, having a neighborhood expert handle your listing will impact how much money you net off of your sale. The right agent to market and sell a home on the West Slope might not be the same person who has the expertise and connections to find you an income generating duplex somewhere else. All agents have specialties, and I know the players for every niche. Best of all, it doesn't cost you anything. Great local agents are happy to pay me a finder's fee if you end up buying or selling. And you can rest easy knowing you're going to get a great agent who specializes in exactly what you're looking for. If you want to learn more, visit MoveToTacoma.com and use the contact form. Thanks for listening to Channel 253. Welcome back. Thank you to our sponsor and thank you to the members of Channel 253. Your membership of $4 a month 
or $40 a year. Help support this network. Citizen Tacoma, I think of as a public service, and your support helps keep it go. Uh, so consider signing up, channel253.com slash membership. Uh, you get access to Off the Record, which is a members-only podcast with sound producer Doug. And you also can be in the Channel 253 uh, private Slack forum, uh, which is always uh, interesting and a lot of fun. Some people uh, dish in there in ways they don't on Twitter. So uh, check that one out. Um, we're going to finish up here with uh, Bill Hanwalt running for Tacoma School Board. And I want to ask about... Um, you mentioned, uh, you know, our rising uh, graduation rates. And one of the things that's, you know, part of that is is there's this question about the achievement gap that uh, certain students of color um, can be left behind in those situations. For a long time, I think Tacoma was actually closing that achievement gap while they were moving forward. Um, what's your sense of how Tacoma is serving uh, all students, you know, equitably, inclusively? Um, what are your thoughts around that? Yeah, no, thank you for the, the question. Um, I, I think, so we, we've made some progress. I mean, I think there's there's been some positives um, around, uh, for example, academic acceleration is a policy that um, the board and under Dr. Garcia's leadership has put in place that um, automatically enrolls students into advanced placement and college kind of going coursework rather than having students um, have to opt in. Um, often, uh, you know, it, it's helping more students of color uh, access those classes. Um, you know, I, we, we still have gaps um, and we still have, you know, um, There, there's, I guess I would call, you know, I call it opportunity gaps more than achievement gaps. I think all of our students are, are, are able to achieve. Um, so it's about having the support and opportunity uh, to do that uh, systemically. And, and obviously, um, the district, the district lives in a broader community. And so, um, the, I, I think at times we expect our educational institutions to kind of solve all of our challenges around systemic racism and and other uh, structural and systemic issues. And but of course, you know, they sit within. You know, there's housing and there's uh, access to food and medical health care and and all of those things impact our students. And I think we can continue, like. We can't. We just can't be satisfied. There has to be an urgency um, to serving uh, students of color, to finding those schools and those places where students of color are thriving, and asking what's working, and and finding ways to spread that, um, and and also finding those the places where we're not serving uh, students of color, um, and, and you know students who qualify for free and reduced lunch. Um, uh, students in special education, um, where, where, where are we not serving those students well and, and how do we go about assessing and, and, and um, finding ways to move, move opportunities forward. We still know that um, students of color are disproportionately in special education. We know students of color are disproportionately impacted by um, uh, suspension and expulsion. Um, and, and I mean, these are these are critical 
um, you know, issues that that we have to tackle, and and they have to, we, I. I Tacoma gets a lot of credit for those rising graduation rates and has gotten a lot of accolades. And um, I just I want to see urgency in tackling um, these other issues as well. And um, you know I I think it's there, but we got to push for it. We gotta we gotta have the conversation. We gotta have it publicly. We gotta be willing to shine the light as brightly on. Um, our struggles or more brightly on our struggles than we do on our successes. Um, and, and when we do that as a community, we have to, st- we have to lean in. We can't, we can't run away or we can't just throw bricks or something <laughs> like we have to, we have to lean in and, and, and we have to demand, um, you know, demand change where it's needed and, and push for that. Yeah. Thank you. In a in a related uh, topic, this community's really been struggling with policing over the last year. We had the homicide of uh, Manny Ellis, uh, and three officers have been charged. Uh, we had you know um, the sheriff who seems to have called the police on you know off duty on on some folks uh, at least twice. Um, we have the incident in January where an officer uh, drove his car into a crowd. Uh, so there's a real crisis happening, and this this relates to the schools in the sense that um, we have uh, a relationship between the Tacoma Police Department and the schools through the the, the school resource officers. Um, do you have any you know thoughts, big picture or small picture, on having uh, police in schools and how that uh, how that relationship is? Yeah, I think I, I appreciate the question. Um... You know, from, you know, talking to my wife and, and others who other high school teachers uh, and staff, um, I think the individual community resource officers are, are well respected and um, and valued. Um, and they're a part of a larger, you know, a, a police um, force and and that have historically and currently, you know, we know that. You talked about individual instances, but disproportionality um, when you look at at um, arrests and how many people are pulled over and things of that nature is 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 quite evident um, uh, in our police force uh, here locally in Tacoma, and and obviously Tacoma is not alone in that. Right. Um, and so our community resource officers, they, they're. A, they're a part of that. And so, I mean, I guess I think of, of uh, a couple of different things. Uh, one, we have to listen to our community. And we can't just, um, in, in this circumstance, like, yeah, let's listen to everyone. But, like, let's, let's listen to the communities that have been most impacted by over-policing and, and by that disproportionality. Um, I think the, the other piece is... You know, it's really concerning to me that in this contract, those officers are ultimately accountable to Tacoma PD. They're not accountable to the district. So uh, hiring and firing, all that stuff happens um, in that contract uh, by, you know, the, there's there's limited impact um, 
around accountability held within the schools. And I think that's that's problematic. Um, I think the other thing that that is what are the outcomes? It's it's never just do we do this or not do this, but that contract has a price tag and it means we could be doing other things uh, with those dollars. Um, certainly safety is critically important. Um, and there are um, there's a lot of different ways to measure safety and and there's um, and for some people, an officer with a weapon makes them feel safe. but we know we've heard loud and clear this year that for many in our community and for in in, in the black community uh, and in other communities of color, the indigenous community, that's not the case. Um, and so uh, I I, um, I think we have to look at this issue really, really deeply. And I, I think I, I would very much be open to, to not having community resource officers in our school. Um, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, you talked a little bit at one point about, you know, some things that you'd like to see done differently. Is there anything that we're doing really well as a school district or as a community that you would say, do more of that, double down on that? Yeah, that, that's a that's a good um, good question. Uh, you know, so I think uh, academic acceleration, um, finding ways that students don't have to opt into more challenging and rigorous coursework, um, uh, I think is really critical. Providing them then the supports that they need to be really successful. Uh, so I think that's something that the district has begun, and we should continue. Um, you know, I think. Uh, there's a program in the district uh, called AVID, uh, Achievement via Individual Determination, um, which uh, really focuses on um, students who'd be first in their family to college, uh, providing them with uh, the supports, um, helping them learn the study skills and, and what some might call soft skills that are needed to be really good at um, – to be successful in school. And I think that's a program – uh, that has shown success here locally in Tacoma, but also um, uh, nationally. I hadn't heard of it. Um, and I think can be continued to to build on. Um, so, uh, oh, I, I think the other thing that we're, we're starting to do, and I think Dr. Garcia really thinks a lot about this, is, is how do we partner deeply with the other systems um, that impact our families? Um, uh, I believe I saw um, that the nutrition department is trying to make it so that and, and maybe has made it that when you sign up for free and reduced lunch, it also uh, might let you know if you qualify for SNAP benefits, right? Um, we ask families uh, who don't have the economic resources they need, we ask them to jump through so many hoops Lots of forms. and forms and to get the services they need. And I think the more uh, – I think the district is thinking about how do we partner in such a way that we simplify that. How could we as a community create a form that would help a family know that their kid um, will get uh, access to free and reduced lunch meals at school, 
that they have access to SNAP benefits, that they actually qualify for Washington Apple Health and healthcare. Um, it has to be easier. And I think our district um, is thinking that way. And I think that's a really good thing. And I think it's something that we should we should try and do even more of. Um, so thank you. Yeah. Uh, why don't we wrap it up? And why don't you give a closing pitch? Why vote for Bill Hanwalt for uh, uh, school school board? Yeah, thank you. Um, I, I I'm deeply rooted in in Tacoma. I, I've spent 20 years, well, you know, 25 years going to church in the hilltop. 20 years living in the hilltop. Um, 20 years uh, working in in nonprofits that support students and their education. And 15 years as the founding and executive director at Peace Community Center. I know deeply on the ground um, what like what students and families uh, how they're navigating the systems. I, I, I know how uh, where they've struggled um, uh, and got to walk alongside of them and got to walk alongside of the schools uh, in that. And so I think I, I just bring a deep on the ground uh, experience and understanding. Uh, while partnering that, um, uh, you know, with uh, experience um, looking at policy, looking, you know, being a part of uh, the discipline policy uh, community group um, five or six years ago, being a part of the expanded learning opportunity statewide council. And so my marriage of like on the ground experience um, with that policy, I think, uh, positions me uniquely uh to be a school board member. And I have deep relationships across um, the spectrum of, of our community uh, that I will rely on as a school. I will listen and engage and, um, uh, and, and really seek to learn from and, and um, yeah, and, re- and represent as a school board member and be an incredible, incredible honor. That's great. Thank you. And if someone uh, wants to learn more or find you on the web, where would where should they go? Yeah, I appreciate that reminder. Uh, yeah, you can find me on the web at www.electbillhanawalt.com. Uh, and it's my email address is the same at electbillhanawalt at gmail.com. So okay. I look forward to I'll hearing put, from people. I'll put a link uh, to the website in uh, the show notes. Thank you for taking the time to uh, come on Citizen Tacoma. Yeah, thanks for having me. Channel 253 is a member-supported podcast network. I'm producer Doug Mackey, and I'm asking you to become a member and show your support. Go to channel253.com slash membership to join. Thank you. Citizen Tacoma is part of the Channel 253 podcast network. Check out our other shows. Nerd Farmer, Interchangeable White Ladies, We Are Tacoma, Move to Tacoma, Taco Man, Flounder's B-Team, Crossing Division, and What Say You? This is Channel 253.